Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're, getting, we're into our second week of this new series of talks called Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And I'm, I'm super pumped about today and what God's going to speak to us and what he has for us. So if you'll get your Bibles out, you do have sermon notes this week there in your worship guide. Got those to you for you this week, for those of you who enjoy those. Also, Version Bible app, you can go in there and get those as well. But let's open our Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 1. Woo! Yes, we're just happy about the Bible, happy about what God's speaking to us. We believe every time we open the Word, God's wanting to talk to us. God wants to talk to us more than we want Him to talk to us. you got to believe that in your heart of hearts this morning. Where there's a will, there's a way. Have you ever wanted something and not gotten your way? (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because it would happen to all of us, right? Maybe you wanted your parents to buy you something. Like, please, 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 can I get that? And they they said, no. You're like, you evil parents. How dare you not give me everything that I desire? You know, maybe, uh, maybe you're like this. Maybe you go out to eat with some friends or somebody like that. And you ever had this scenario where... They're like, where are we going to go to eat? And you really had a place where you wanted to go, but you, you're trying to be friendly. You know, so you play it off like you don't really have this big desire on where you want to go, but you know immediately where you want to go. And so you throw out, you know, maybe where, where you want to go, and then, or then you say, or, you know, or you name other couple places just to be kind, but you're really hoping they would stick with your first one. And then that other person jumps on your last suggestion and goes, yes, let's go there. You're like, no, I really wanted to go the first one. You know, sometimes they came strong, and so they got their way. But sometimes we have a will, but we don't always get our way. We have desires, either communicated or uncommunicated. Can we have a little marriage conference for just a moment? <laughs> uncommunicated desires. Maybe we have to move off of that topic. I'm not talking about marriage today. But man, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Wow, okay, let those run around the track. So where there's a will, there's a way. So do we have a will? Do we always get our way? Okay, let me ask you these questions, just to, for the context of the message. Does God, and you have, these are kind of rhetorical, so don't feel like you have to answer them, but does God have a will? Does he have a will for the world? Does he have a will for our individual lives? Does he always get his way? Is his will for the world and for our individuals' lives, individual lives completely out of our control, or is some of it dependent on us? Good questions. How many of you ever heard this said, or maybe you've said it yourself? Well, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. Maybe you've heard that. Everything happens for a reason. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. There's nothing you can do about it. You ever ever heard these? Just checking. If any good, you know, if somebody says this, uh, like if any good comes out of a situation, we assume it has to be the will of God. Like we'll say this, well, if I hadn't gone through that, there's no way I'd know what I know now, so it must have been the will of God. I'm not trying to challenge all of your theology this morning. I'm just wanting to lay the groundwork for some questions on how we just determine what God's will is. 
and how his will works with our will to get his way and our way, and we throw out these things like that, well, it's, if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Like we have no say-so, we have no control in it. So we're going to address some of that. I, I want, in, in this whole series, that's what we're talking about. It's just where there's a will, God's will, there is a way. Where there is a will, our will, there is a way. And how do we connect the dots? How do we get in our life? How do we experience what God wants for us? Is it just it's gonna, if it's supposed to happen, it will happen? I don't believe that. I don't believe that wholeheartedly. I believe there's context for that, and we need to get that. We need to know the difference, so I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's just see what it looks like. I, I want to start preaching on it, but let's go to Romans chapter 1, and then I'll get to what I want to talk about today. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 8. Paul's writing there, and he says to, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers." Here he's praying to God, making request if by some means now at last I, might, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We just receive it as the living word of God. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to bring life to it, Lord. I don't want to give information today. I want you to give revelation. I pray that you open our eyes, that we will see things that I'm not even talking about, God. I pray that you will give uh, clarity into our lives about your will and your way. I trust you, and I thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Somebody give an amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we see in, in verse 11. Paul says, I long to see you. So Paul has a will. Paul has what he wants to do. Anybody ever wanted to do anything? So he has a will. I long to see you. I wanted to, and we talked about this last week, but I just want to build off of this. So we've got his will, but in verse 10 he says, but I want to pray. So he's praying to God. I'm making requests. I'm praying to God. If my son means now, at last I may find a way in the will of God. I want to find a way in the will of God. In the will of God. I want to do this, but I want to find a way to do this in the will of God. So I want to find a way in the will of God. So there is a way. This is what we need to know. There is a way in the will of God that can be found. That I may find a way. I had to meditate on this, and I'm always hopeful sometimes that you get things in seconds that took me hours to digest. But sometimes I, I just kept saying this over, that I may find a way in the will of God, find a way. This is how I get revelation on the word. I keep saying the same sentence over and over and over and over, and then he'll start emphasizing certain words. Find a way. Find, find. I got to find. There's a find a way, a way, a way. Got to find a way in the will, in the will, in the will of God. I just began to meditate on it until I start seeing what God's trying to say to me. So I encourage you, if you're reading the Bible, don't read for um, just, how do I want to say this? Don't read for amount only. Don't read just to read. Read to let the Bible read you. Let the Bible come into you. That you read a sentence. If you can digest a sentence, it's much better than reading two chapters. We're not on Bible reading, but I'm just throwing that in for free. But I just, so here's, in the will of God, there's a way to be found. So here's, I want to find, he's praying, God, let me find a way in the will. So do we pray to God that we find a way in his will. So here's some things I wrote down. Do we pray to God to bless our day or do we pray so that we can find the day that is blessed? 
I'm praying to God that I might find a way in the will of God. So do you pray, God, bless my day, or do I pray, get with God, so that I can find the day that is blessed? I can say, God, I'm going to do what I want to do, bless my day. That's one way to pray. Or there's another way to pray where I seek God. I seek the will of God, the desire of God, and through that I find the day that is blessed. Do do we pray for God to bless our relationships, or we pray so that we will find relationships that are blessed? Oh, God bless me and my boyfriend. Oh, God bless him. Or do you pray so that you can find the boyfriend that is blessed? I'm just, I'm just asking questions this morning. Do we pray for God to bless our jobs? Or do we pray so that we can find jobs that are blessed? God, just bless my job. I thank you. For, how about, God, I'm just going to seek you and you're going to show me the job that is blessed. That's a better way to pray. I'm just trying to help us all out here. So are we praying to find out what God wants to do? Are we praying, talking to, trying to talk God into doing what we want to do? Check your prayers. Check your prayers. What's the motive? So we need to find a way in the will of God. We talked about last week that the will of God here is the Greek word that means determination, intent, but it talks about the heart's desire of God, that God has a heart's desire for you, has a desire for me. He has a desire for your life. He's not trying to control your life. He has a desire for your life. I pray that I might find a will in the, a way in the will of God. It's an emotional word. It's God's heart's de- intent for you. So now, can we know and understand God's will or heart's desire? Here's what we talk about, the will of God. Can we know or understand it? Ephesians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How many ever heard this? People say, well, you never know what God's going to do. There's no way to understand the will of God. Well, this verse here in Ephesians 5, 17 says, do not be unwise. Don't be this way. Be this way. What is he telling us not to be? Don't be unwise. What does unwise mean? Unwise just means don't be uninformed or uneducated. Don't be uninformed. Don't be uninstructed. But be understanding. To understand what the will of God is. So why would God tell you to understand the will of God if you can't? Why would he ask you or or give you the instruction? Don't be this way. Don't be uninstructed. Don't be uninformed. But be understanding. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, how do we do it? Here's what the word understand means. The word understand means to put together in your mind, comprehend by careful consideration. To put together, understand the will of God. Understand the heart's desire of God. How do I understand the heart's desire of God for my life? Trying to understand him is going to create massive frustration if we approach it in the wrong way. If we like, okay, so I'm saying I need to understand the will of God like I understand God. I'm not trying to bring God down to my level of understanding. Here's what the verse means and here's what it doesn't mean. It does not mean God's expecting you to know the who, what, when, where, why, and how of every detail of your life. That's not what it means to understand the will of God. If we, if we knew that, then we wouldn't need him. His expectation is not for you and I to understand the who, what, when, where, and why of all the details of our life. When he says understand the will of God, he says that word understand, remember, to piece together. By careful consideration. So what God's saying, how am I going to understand God's heart's desire for my life is that I begin to piece together bits and pieces of information as I understand more and I begin to figure out what his heart's desire is by relationship with him. Here's what I mean. 
wrote this down. The directive of understanding the will of God is not omniscience, to understand everything. It's understanding who he is. It's learning to understand him, his desires. I don't know God's will for my life in every detail. I don't, but I need to know his desires for me. How do I know? Don't be uninstructed. To be ignorant or uninstructed, to not know, he said to be under, ignorant of the will of God is to be ignorant of the word of God. Here's how we know God's heart's desire for our life. This is God's desires for you, right here. Everything he wants for you, has it right here. So when I don't read this, I will never know this. I can't know the heart of God for my life if I never read the Bible. Can't do it. You can come to church every week, and I'm glad you do. But the only reason I want you to come to church is so that you can understand how to get to know him. It's not for this to be the end all be all. This is a means to the end. It's a means to him. That's why our vision is to connect people with Jesus from all roads of life. It's not to connect you to the roads. We want you to get connected to the roads so get connected with Jesus. And if we're going to understand the will of God, we have to know the word of God. Because this is his heart's desire for us. So this is what he's telling us. We can know it. He wants us to understand his will because he wants us to be like him. Sometimes, maybe you feel this way, we come to God, and I know I do this, and I, I repent of it. And I say, God, help me not to be this way. But sometimes we go to God just wanting answers. What can you do for me? Like, I just need an answer, God. All I need is an answer. God doesn't want you to come to him for prayer only for answers. He wants you to come to him out of relationship. We're not seeking what he can tell us, we're seeking him. We're not seeking the information, we're seeking the information giver. Why? Because if I only seek him for answers, I'm going to need another one. So when I get the answer I want and I'm satisfied for a day, guess what? Tomorrow I need another answer. I need more information. So I keep going back to him, and all I'm pulling on him for is information. If I go for him, then now he begins to train, oh, Jesus. Here's God's heart's desire is to begin to mold you. The Bible says he wants to transform you and conform you into the image of his son. Why? Because he wants our desires to start lining up with his desires. So now we begin to think like him. I started to get ahead of myself. He said, find a way. Sometimes we focus so much on the will, we forget about the way. Here's, here's what God's saying. I want to find a way in the will. The word way means to succeed in reaching or accomplishing some activity or event. So where God has a will, he also has a way in order to experience his will. Understand this about God. Where God has a will for your life, he has a way for you and I to experience his will. God does not have a will for you that is inaccessible to you. Let me say that again. Did you write it down? Who's taking notes and changing the world? Come on. God does not have a will for you that's inaccessible to you. We'll say, well, I know that's God's will, but I can't do that. Yes, you can. I know that's God's will, but I can't do that. I can't get there. Yes, you can. Why? Because the Bible tells you in Philippians 4 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God never has a will for me that's inaccessible to me. He never has a, an attitude for you that is inaccessible to you. I can't, I can't love them. Yes, you can. I can't forgive them. Yes, you can. 
I can't get past this. Yes, you can. You can't. You just, we just can't do it through ourselves. God never has a will for me. Chad, I want you to walk in forgiveness. Well, I would if they would do. No, no. It's always accessible to us, but we have to do it his way. His way. His way is humble ourselves. Submit to God. He's going to give us the way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. So how many have heard this scripture used about experiencing this? Well, let me, let me go back. Let me say this. Sometimes if we're not experiencing, have you ever been clear on the will of God, but you're unclear on the way of God? You're like, okay, I know this is what's supposed to happen, but I don't know how to get there. You ever, you ever needed to go someplace? A town, a location somewhere, and you knew where you're supposed to go, but you just didn't know how to get there? This is before Google Maps. Yeah, these people up here like, there was a time you had these big paper things you had to unfold. No one knew how to fold them back, but you unfolded them. And you had to learn north, south, east, and west. And <laughs> so you know, I need to go there, and I'm here. So how do I get from here to there? There's a way. There's a way. There's a right way, and there's a wrong way. Sometimes God will <laughs> take you on the short route. Sometimes we choose the longer route. So this is what, why we've got to figure out. Sometimes if we're not experiencing success God's way, instead of trying to understand His way better, sometimes we'll just adjust His will to match our way. I'm going to drop a bomb right here on you. Sometimes if we know this is what God wants, this is where he wants us to get, but we're here and we don't understand how to get there, we will just change that and say that's not his will anymore. I'm with you. I do the same thing. But sometimes if we don't know how to get where God wants us to go, if we're not experiencing success on the way, then we will stop and change his will instead of changing our will. We do it in sincerity. How many times people say, well, I did what I thought I was supposed to do, but I didn't achieve success, so therefore it must not be his will? You could have trouble in a certain area. We can use all kinds of illustrations here. I'll just use a car, for example. You may, not long ago, I, had, I went to start my car, and, and a few days before that, I noticed that it was like barely turning over, and I thought, oh, man, my battery's, battery's going down because I'm a mechanic. <laughs> and so I, so I thought I better go get, it, get the battery, get the battery changed. And so I kept putting it off and kept putting it off, and, and I, I realized, okay, one day it's like, so it started. I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus, my last day. So I went. I said, hey, I need to get this, this battery changed. And they came out and they tested the battery and they said, no, the battery's good. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> These people. This person at this, you know, parts store came out and tested. I'm like, I don't trust them. <laughs> it's the battery. And so, so I go to another place and I ask them. And they test and say, yep, yeah, your battery's not doing good. I was like, that's what I thought. 
So they go and put a new battery in. And they said, just be a few minutes, we'll just swap out the battery. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm sitting here, you know, just looking through the magazine and whatever. And they, the person walks out, tells something to the person at the counter, walks back in. I'm like, it's been like a long time. It's taken so long to put a battery in. I could have done that myself because I'm a mechanic. <laughs> and the person at the counter says, excuse me, uh, Chad, come here for a second, but uh, we got a problem. Your, your truck won't start. I'm like, isn't that why we're putting a battery in it? They're like, no, it seems like the problem's not the battery. It's actually the starter. I say, what? So I thought it was going to be a one price repair. Turned out to be a whole nother price repair. But I thought, I thought it was one thing, but someone else who knew more than me eventually figured out it was something else. So what I'm saying is sometimes we can think we're doing everything that we need to do, and we just figure out we're not getting success. We don't change the will of God. We figure out if we need to understand more. Sometimes we're bringing the will of God down to our way instead of taking our will up to his way. So this is what he's asking for us to do. So if God has a will, does he always get his way? Is God in complete control? Woo, I'm going to make some people nervous. Because when we talk about the will of God, most people throw everything under the umbrella of his ultimate plans or purposes or the sovereignty of God. They will say, that they, they will use that phrase, the sovereignty of God. Say, hey, everything's, I'm just thankful that every detail of my life is in control of God. He's sovereign, after all. He's in complete control. So when people ask me, Chad, are you saying that God's not sovereign? (laughs) Then I I usually say, let me ask you this. What do you think sovereign means? So let's look up what sovereign means. This is according to Webster's 1828 dictionary. Here's what it means. (laughs) You guys don't like that dictionary? What's the matter? Here's, it means supreme in power. This is sovereign. Supreme in power, possessing supreme dominion, superior to all others, a supreme lord or ruler, one who possesses the highest authority without control. So is God supreme in power? Yes. Is God supreme in dominion? Yes. Is he the supreme lord or ruler, superior to all others? Yes. Does he possess the highest authority without control? Yes. I believe God is sovereign in that no one can control him. It doesn't say anything in there about him controlling me. Sovereignty is, is God superior above everything? Yes. No one is above God. No one can control God. But it does not say he controls you. From the very beginning of time, in your Bible, God created. He had a heart. He had a will for a relationship with mankind. And not just with mankind. In the very beginning, let's go way back, way back. God had a desire to have relationships. And in his sovereignty, where no one can control him, he had a plan. He said, I'm going to create an environment of relationship based on free will and love. How do I know it's based on that? Let's go back to a guy by the name of Lucifer, who was an archangel. His sole job was to lead worship. But somehow, an angel, I'm not talking about after the fall, 
I'm talking about before the fall. Somehow an angel was able to rebel against God and take one-third of the angels with him. How is that possible? How could that happen? Unless they had a will. Did God have a will for Lucifer and one-third of the angels to leave him? Is that what he wanted? No. He provided free will opportunity, and their will chose a different way. We could go forward now a little bit to Adam and Eve that God put them in the garden and said, eat of all these trees, don't eat of that one. So now they ate of the one tree and they chose the, the way of the serpent. So they had a will. So we see from the very beginning, God's will was relationship with us. Is he sovereign? Yes, absolutely. God is never out of control of what's happening in the universe, but he's not controlling every decision you make. If he didn't control everything that Lucifer did, why do you think he's controlling everything that you're doing? If he didn't control everything that Adam and Eve is doing, why do you think he's controlling everything that you're doing? We need to understand what sovereignty means. We need to understand where there's a will, there's a way, that God has a will for your life, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to experience that will. The only way, only way we're going to experience the will of God is if we do it his way. This is what we're understanding. This is what we're trying to get out of the scripture. So does God always get what he wants? 1 Timothy chapter 2, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved, who desires, let's read this here together, for this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who, read this part, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. How many people does God want to be saved? That desire means to will. There's a will. God has a will for all men to be saved, not all males, all people, all males, all females to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. How many people does God want to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? No, I'm not sure you're gasping. And how many people does God want to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? Okay, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for how many? Gave himself a ransom for all the... All, all the elect, only the selected ones, only the predestined ones, gave himself a ransom for all. He desires all to be saved. We talked about in Second Peter that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So does God have a will that everyone be saved? Yes. Is he getting his way? Hmm. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I hope you're writing some of this down. And I'm not trying to, I want to be very clear, I'm not trying to create a theology argument. Theology arguments are not fruitful. I'm just trying to create an understanding of what I believe the heart of God is because if we don't understand the heart of God, then we won't understand how he wants to connect with our lives. Look at, so God has a will. We understand that he desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All people to be saved. He desires all to be saved. He gave his ransom for all. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Are you catching me? Okay, so we got that. Are we clear? You want to say it again? God desires how many people to be saved? All. And, and all for all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. So now, not willing that any should perish, but that all should. I'm just reading my verse here. I should perish. Let's go to verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, Matthew 7, verse 13. For Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the, the way. Mm, there's a way. There's another way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are, 
Are we reading the Bible together? Okay. You may not have your Bible, but I put it on the screens for you, so you have no excuse for not participating in this part of the service. <laughs> that, leads, that, leads, that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Wait a minute. He's not willing that any, but yet there are... See what I did there with that rhyming? He's not willing that any should perish, but many are. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. I thought God's will always happens. God's not willing that any should perish, but many are. How can many be perishing if it's not God's will for any to? That many... Many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. So there's a way that leads to destruction and there's another way. Where there's a will of God, there's a way of God. Where's the will of man, there's a way of man. It said there's narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Find it. There's few who find it. So God's not willing that any should perish, but many are. And he wants all to come to repentance, but only a few are. Why? Because they're not finding it. Because it has to be found. Notice one is broad and easy. One is narrow and difficult. God's not trying to eliminate people from coming. He's trying to help them find it. And this is what he's saying. When we're talking about where there's a will, there's a way. We've got to understand that we want to help people find it. Paul said that I might find a way in the will of God. Do you want to get to heaven? Do you want to spend eternity with Jesus? Well, there's a way. There is a way. Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him. Attending church doesn't get you to heaven. I want you to come to church. Please come to church. Please come to church, but you need to know Jesus. You need to know Jesus is the way. I've been coming to church a long time. I tell you, never hurt anybody, never killed anybody. It's amazing how we say what we've never done that automatically makes us righteous. I'm good. I help people. That's great. That's great, but that doesn't get us to heaven. The only thing that gets us to heaven is what Jesus did for us. And he says there's few people that's finding that way because we want to go the way that is based on ourselves. But there is a way that is not about ourselves. By grace through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Woo! He says there's a way to get to heaven, but, but not many of your people are finding it. There are few that are finding it. So now, how do we, how do we, how do we help them find it? Go, last place, let's go to Luke chapter 14. When you walked in this morning, there were little invite cards in your seat. It wasn't because your seat was saved. It was saved for you. And I want you to pull that little invite card out. I've got one here somewhere. Yep. It's a little invite card. And I want you to get ready because God's going to speak to you on how we're going to help people find the way. Luke chapter 14. Turn there if you would. Look at verse 15. We're going to close with this passage. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, this is Jesus telling a parable, A certain man gave a great supper and invited, how many? Many. He, he invited, when I pause, 
That's because I want you to say the next word. Because I want you to stay engaged. Some of you are drifting off. Stay with me. <laughs> a certain man gave a great supper and invited. Thank you. Maybe I need to do hand gestures to help you out a little bit. Some of you a little slower. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. I even started for you. Make excuses. Anybody ever make an excuse to God? I don't mind. Make excuses why you can't come to church. Excuses why you can't read your Bible. Excuses why I don't have time to read, but I somehow have time, have time, have time to stay current on my Instagram feed. With a thousand followers. <laughs> Reading on, make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. <laughs> Let's just move on. There's, a, there's, nothing, there's nothing to say here. So, there's nothing good to say here. So, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of his house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you, as you commanded, and still there is mm. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is his desire? That his house may be filled. Does that sound like many or few? Many. The heart of God is many. The heart of God is always many. Look at your neighbor and say, you're many. <laughs> His heart is for many. His heart is not for few. His heart is not just for a few select people. His heart is for many, 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 many. My kids know that joke, sorry. Inside joke. But his heart is for many. That's what he says. I, I want my house to be filled. Why? Because his heart is for many. But just because his desire is for many, he said few are finding it. Why are few finding it? You ready? Why are few finding it? Why are few finding it? Are you ready? I'm not sure. Some of you want to go already. Why are few finding it? It's called building anticipation. Why are few finding the way to Jesus? If God has a will and he desires many, how come few are finding it? I believe it's this, because the ones who know the way are not giving directions. 
Rhodes Church, I'm talking to you. It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer right now. When is the last time you, yourself, invited someone to church? This whole parable we just read. He said, go out. And what did he say to do to them? Compel. You know what compel means? I put it in your you version notes. Didn't have time to throw it in the paper notes. but It means to drive or urge with force. Irresistibly. <laughs> to necessitate either by physical or moral force. This is Jesus' words. Compel them to come in. Here's how we compel, or we've been taught to compel. Listen, I know you're busy. And I, I know, you got a lot of stuff going on, and it, you know, I understand. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's okay if you say no. I don't want to pressure you. you know, I want you to feel uncomfortable. You know, but I just, I just wonder, if you're not busy, if you like, I mean, I don't know. Not that this Sunday. It's not like you have to come every Sunday, but if you, which maybe you might, would you ever consider possibly come, if, if, have you ever thought about going to church? Does that sound compelling? It sounds like you're almost apologizing because you don't enjoy it yourself. If I have something that's giving me life, why would I not want to give it to somebody else? Why would I not want to say, you need to come? Not because of Chad, not because of the people, because of Jesus is here. Jesus said, Chad, it's not about you. Stop making it about you. It's about me. Compel them to come. I desire many, many, many that my house will be filled. But you're satisfied with a few. So here's what I believe God's challenging us. To take this card, and we're going to have more cards available at the back when you walk out. I just ask you to try one. One person this week that you invite them. Do you have to give them the card? You don't have to give them the card. But I want you to compel somebody. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.